Everybody done what you need to do? Going once, twice. Second Samuel chapter number 17. I want to introduce you to a man. This man is only found, really, his situation is described in two locations in the scripture. I'm going to read them both to you. He's an old man. You may have heard of him. Then again, you might not have ever heard of him. He's not in a preponderance of scriptures, only a couple places. He's 80 years old. 80 years old. His name's Barzillai. And uh, he comes to meet David during the time of the Absalom rebellion. Let's begin our reading this morning, verse number 27. Somebody pinched all the babies at one time. Amen. I like to hear them babies cry. That don't bother me. Verse 27, the Bible says that it came to pass when David was come to Mananheim, that Shobai, the son of Nahash, and Rabbah, the children of Ammon, and Mysheer, the son of Amil, Amiel of Lodibar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite of Rogliel, brought beds and basins and earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils, and parched pulse, and honey, and butter, and sheep, and cheese of kind for David and for the people that were with him to eat. For they said, Thy people is hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. And so we see here that during the time of the Absalom Rebellion, that Barzillai was one of the few people in the kingdom that came and helped David. Most were swayed by the beautiful Absalom. And so he's one of the few. Now we'll flip over a couple of chapters to 2 Samuel chapter number 19. Now the rebellion has been put down. And King David is returning to his throne. Verse number 31, the Bible said, And Barzillai the Gileadite came down from Rogelum and went over Jordan with the king to conduct him over Jordan. Now Barzillai was very aged, a very aged man, even fourscore years old. And he had provided the king of sustenance while he lay at Mannenheim, for he was a very great man. And the king said unto Barzillai, Come thou over with me, and I'll feed thee with me in Jerusalem. Barzillai said unto the king, How long have I to live that I should go up with you 
up with the king unto Jerusalem. I am this day fourscore years old. How can I discern between good and evil? Can thy servant taste? You see, he's talking about his old age. He said, can thy servant taste what I eat or drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore then should thy servant be? Let a bur- yet a burden unto my Lord the King. Thy servant will go a little way over Jordan with the king. Why should the king re- recompense me it with such a reward? Let thy servant, I pray thee, turn back again that I may die in mine own city and be buried by the grave of my father and my mother. But behold, thy servant Chim Ham, let him go over with my lord the king and do to him what that shall seem good unto thee. The king answered, Chim Ham shall go over with me, and I'll do to him that which shall seem good unto me, and whatsoever thou shalt require of me, that will I do for him. And all the people went over Jordan, and when the king was come over, he, he, the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned unto his own place. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, this morning in Jesus' name, God, that you do a work in our midst. Lord, we thank you for the Spirit of God, very evident in the service this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the shouts of your people. Thank you, Lord, for the testimonies of your people. God, now it's preaching time. Lord, as you've directed our mind and heart to these voice, to these verses, Lord, and to, uh, Lord, this story, I pray, God, that you'd help us to do exactly what you'd have for us to today. We'll thank you and praise you for all that's done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can you imagine such a man as Barzillai, 80 years old, and uh, the, the Absalom rebellion kicks up. Now, I told you last week that a lot of times in the Bible that a name has a lot of significance. Did you know that the name Barzillai, it means iron-hearted, iron-hearted, I'd say that's a pretty good name to have is to have the name of an iron-hearted man. And Barzillai, he is not dissuaded by Absalom's good looks or Absalom's political speech, but rather he's, he's smitten with David. And so he comes out, as we'll see in our story this morning, he comes out to help David. And uh, we see in that the excellence of Barzillai. And I certainly want to concentrate on that for a few moments this morning. But in chapter number 19, in the verses that we read unto you, it's like uh, uh, Barzillai's changed. Uh, I mean, he's still on David's side. uh, But when they start to go back into the kingdom, uh, they cross over Jordan. And uh, the king says to Barzillai, he said, why don't you come on back to the house and Uh, I'll make you a part of the kingdom. You can have a part in the kingdom. And Barzillai says, no. Uh, He said, I'm too old. I got too many things going on. Uh, He said, take Chimham instead. Uh, He said, I'll go a little way with you, David. I'll go a little way, uh, but I'm not going to go all the way. Uh, I ought to preach this morning, if the Lord will help us for just a few moments. Uh, I ought to preach on a danger uh, of just going a little ways. Uh, The danger 
danger of just going a little ways. And I trust that the Lord will bless us and help us today. Let's think about Barzilla. I want to introduce him to you. I'd like for uh, once we get done this morning to you, for you to feel like uh, that you've met this old man by the name of Barzilla. I want us to dig as much as we can uh, into his story and into his life. Uh, and uh, I want you to feel like you've had an experience with him. Uh, like he's been here today and talked to you and give you some advice. Uh, Barzilla, he's an older man. Uh, uh, we can infer from what we read in the Bible uh, that he must have been some sort of a shepherd. Uh, maybe he owned a large ranch. Uh, he had lived maybe in the highlands around Judea uh, for a great many years. Uh, Eighty years old, he had seen a lot of things happen. Uh, and we see first of all here in the chapter number 17, uh, we see the excellence that marked uh, Barzillai. Now let me say two things to you about him real quick. Uh, number one, old Barzillai knew how uh, to live. Uh, he knew how uh, to live. Uh, he, uh, uh, I think about what all he had seen in life. Uh, how many of you can agree with me? How many of you in here this, uh, uh, this morning are over 45 years old? Let me see your hands. You're over 45. Uh, some of you are honest. The rest of you are lying. Amen. Over 45 years old. Uh, how many of you would agree with me this morning uh, that once you went, reach that middle age, uh, boy, wouldn't it be good if you could go back and give your 25-year-old self uh, a good talking to? Amen. Because you learn a lot. Uh, you experience a lot. Uh, you see a lot. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, the problem is you get to a certain age uh, where you know a whole lot of things, but you can't do nothing about it. Amen. And so Barzilla, he's a man... Uh, He's experienced a lot. I mean, think about in 80 years what he had saw. He saw the times when Eli was uh, the priest in uh, there in Jerusalem. I, I can see him as he gathers his men around the table at night, and they're going to have a little supper. And he says, oh, boys, I remember when Eli was the priest. What a mess. Oh, he was such a failure. He had them sons that were such a problem. And Israel was in a mess. But let me tell you, boys, God sent Samuel and boy Samuel oh my goodness what a my what a mother Samuel had what a ministry Samuel had what a mind Samuel had but what a mistake Samuel made he should have never allowed his boys to get into the into the ministry and into the work of God and then God sent us Saul oh boy what a what a what a problem how Saul stood head and shoulders over everybody else but he was an egomaniac and a great big baby. I, I can see Barzilla as he kicks back from the table and he says, I didn't like Saul, uh, not one little bit. Uh, Saul was a terrible king, uh, but then when it seemed like nothing else was going to work, uh, God sent us this man by the name of David. Uh, and he said, let me tell you something, boys. Uh, Israel's never had a king like David. Uh, oh, boys, keep your eye on David. Uh, David is the one. Uh, David is the anointed. And I just get stirred up uh, talking about David. Now, in case you ain't figured it out yet, I'm not talking about David. I'm talking about the one, uh, my friend, that David spoke of, uh, and that is the King of kings uh, and the Lord of lords, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Barzillai, he knew how to live. He said, you need to keep your eye on David's person. You see, 
Barzillai, he began to think about the time when David was anointed king over Israel and how that when Saul was hiding in fear from Goliath, that David walked down into the valley of death and won victory for all of Israel and put life where there had once been death. He said, boys, don't forget the person of old David. David is the giant killer. David is the one that wins when he goes down into the valley of the shadow of death. David is the one that comes over victorious. I see Barzilla as he tells them, boys, boys, if you want to have a good life, look at David and look at his person and remember that it was David that delivered us from death. Let me say to you, friend, if you want to have a good life, this morning. Keep your eye on the person of Jesus Christ. I remember that it was Jesus that walked down into the valley of the shadow of death. It was was Jesus that slayed evil on your behalf and made you victorious over death, hell, and the grave just as he was victorious. Oh, Barzilla, he knew how to live. He said, oh, keep your eye on David's person. And then he said, keep your eye on David's position. I see him now. He sits down at the table to eat. Somebody comes running in and says, have you heard? Have you heard? Barzillai says, have I heard what? There's been a revolt in Jerusalem. David is no longer the king. Now his son Absalom. I see old Barzillai, he says, are you talking about that hippie boy? You mean to tell me that old long-haired hippie is the king in all of Jerusalem? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We just heard it. We just heard it on the latest news report, Dateline Jerusalem. And they said that Absalom is now the king. Barzillai stands and he says, I'm going to tell you something right now. He'll never be my king. I only have one. I only have one allegiance. I don't care what's happening down at Jerusalem. David, boys, is the anointed king. It's his position. There's, hey, he is the king. How many of you would agree with me on a Sunday morning that it don't matter what's happening down in Washington, D.C.? It don't matter what's happening in Raleigh, North Carolina. I don't care what all the God haters and God deniers across this country may say. Jesus is still king. Amen. I said he's still king. He's still on the throne. He's still worthy of our praise. He's still worthy of our honor. He's still worthy of our glory. I said, Jesus is still the king. He said, Jesus will always be my king. And so Barzilla knew how to live. But then I want to point something out. Barzilla knew how to give. I think we got some technical difficulties, but can you give me a Bible verse? She's working on it. There in 2 Samuel chapter number 17. And uh, let's get down there about verse number uh, 27 there, dear, if you can. 2 Samuel 17, 27. I want to know, I want to point something out to you. Look what the Bible said. It came to pass when David was come to Manenheim, that Shobai the son of Nahash and Rabah the son of the children of Amnon 
And my share, the son of Amiel of Lodabar and Barzillai the Gideite of Rogliam, look at verse 28, brought beds and basins and earthly vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched pulse, verse 29, and honey, and butter, and sheep, and cheese of kind. Now I'll ask you something. How many of you, is, is anybody in here brave enough to tell me that you feel pretty good about your command of the English language? I'm not embarrassed you. I just want to ask you something. Anybody really feel like, anybody in here English was your top subject? Summer feels pretty good about it. She said, well, uh, uh, okay. What do you see wrong with the sentence structure? Huh? It, it is a run-on sentence. I mean, there's no denying it. And the reason it's a run-on sentence is why? Because keep using them conjunctions. And, and, and. So what does the English teacher tell you? Don't put all them conjunctions in a sentence. So I remember I had Fanna Davis for English in high school. Anybody else have banana Fanna? Come on now. <laughs> and she'd say, she'd say to me, she'd say, you never start, you never start a sentence with a conjunction. Well, I had to an answer for that. I showed her all the places in the Bible where the verses start with and. <laughs> I said, I'll just take God's word on it. God said, start it with and. <laughs> She said, you ain't God. <laughs> and if you're going to pass this class, you won't start any sentences with and. <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. But you can't use all those conjunctions. You're supposed to put a period and start a new sentence. But you know what? The Holy Spirit, he don't care what kind of English rules. He don't care. This is called a polysyndicate. And it is a, it's a Greek term. And basically, it's, it's all over the King James Bible. Now, if you've got a new Bible, you've been robbed of all of these ands. You can go and look at it. They took it all out. They cleaned it all up. They said there's no need in all those ands being in these verses. As a matter of fact, that's one of the things that has been robbed out of, the new, out of these newer versions or all these ands. I forget how many thousands of ands have been taken out of the newer version. And somebody said, well, it just makes more sense. Listen, the Holy Ghost wasn't writing a grocery list. He was writing the things down that Barzillai had brought from home to be a blessing to the king. And so he puts these ands in there. And the purpose is to slow us down. Go back to verse 20, go back to verse 28. Watch this now. They brought beds. See if it, if he just listed it like a grocery list, it would have been brought beds, basins, earthen vessels, wheat, barley, flour, parched corn, beans, lentils, parched pulse. That don't sound too impressive. But the Holy Spirit said, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, Barzilla, he knew how to give. Let's slow y'all down just a minute. He brought all these things and, 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 and. You know what? 
He wanted to emphasize every single thing that Barzillai brought to David. It's God recognizing the heart of a man that's willing to give. Now, let me just take time out and say this right here. When you give anything to the Lord, it does not go unnoticed. I'm glad, thank God, that you may not receive accolades on this planet, but I'm glad somewhere in glory there is a record book. And I'm glad we've got a God that believes in the law of the poly syndicate. And he takes those hands. He says, boy, I remember that day. You didn't have much money in your pocket, but when that missionary came, you put put all the money you had into the offering plate. And you wrote a check that you didn't know if you could make or not. And you paid your tithe. And you gave during the Christmas offering. And you gave to the building fund. I'm glad that those things do not go unnoticed. Somewhere there's a God in heaven that's noticing everything that we lay on the line. And let me tell you this. Barzillai ended up being a blessed man. You can study through the scriptures, run his name, and find where his children and his grandchildren married into the priesthood. It did not go unnoticed. Somewhere, somebody is keeping around. Woo! I tell you, I start to feel a Holy Ghost right there. I'm glad somewhere there's a record book. And the Holy Spirit says, I remember those gifts you gave. I remember that work you did. You may not have received a pat on the back. The pastor might not have shook your hand. Nobody may have even known. But I was keeping a record. I've been watching the whole time. And I'm going to bless you. You see, he received a blessing because he knew how to live and he knew how to give. So that was the excellence that marked him. But then, I want us to look in chapter number 19. And let's think for just a minute about the excuses that marred him. There's the excellence that marked him, but then there's the excuses that mar him. In chapter number 19, he starts, they start back toward Jerusalem. Can you imagine it? Can I borrow your imagination? They've been hit out. Word comes that Absalom's dead. It broke David's heart. He never could come to grips with that. He cried, oh, Absalom. Absalom. Can you imagine? If he's your son, I got a preacher friend. Pastor's a huge church down around Winston-Salem. Son, a young preacher in his church and went liberal and took about half the church and started his own church. And he, told, he said, I've been broke before, but never like this. They come back with word to David. They say, Absalom's dead. David cries out, Absalom, Absalom. He's heartbroken. The rest of the men... They shout, whoo, long live the king. I see them start a chant, long live the king, long live the king. Come on, Billy, long live the king. He says, come on, men, long live the king, long live the king, long live the king. Everybody help me, long live the king, long live the king, long live the king. 
David starts back down toward Jerusalem. This band of men, he gets and he crosses over Jordan. And there's old Barzillai. He's done everything right. David wants to make him a ruler. But suddenly, Barzillai says, I'm willing to give, but I'm not willing to go. I'll give, but I won't go. He says to David, he says, um, Said, see here, Dave, we've I need to talk to you. David said, Come on, let's let's go on down to the kingdom. He said, No, he said, I he said, I'm not gonna go. It's just too much. It's too much. He said, uh, David, uh, let me talk to you about my age. He said, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'm an elderly man. I'm advanced in age. What is that? Verse 34, verse 35, he said, I'm this day four score years old. David said, or Barzillai said, I don't know if you've noticed or not, look at these gray hairs. I can't go like I used to go. You know, I'm amazed at how many people use their age as an excuse not to serve the Lord. I talk to people and they say, I'm too young. I'm too young. I can't serve God. I'm just a young person. What can I do? I've got to be older. And then you talk to old people and they say, I'm too old. What can I do? I'm too old. It's like we believe somehow that the only area of our life where we can be any use, any use to God is maybe in our 30s and 40s. But before that, we're too young. And after that, we're too old. And he said, I'm too old. I can't go. He said, I have, really have no age, my age. And then he said, I, I have no really no aptitude for it. Look what he said. He said, can I discern between good and evil? Here's basically what he said. He said, David, I know what you'd want me to be. I'm an old man. You'd want me to be some sort of counselor. I ain't no good at that. I, I can't tell the difference between good and evil. I'm not like you, David. I, I don't have the abilities. I, I can't do things like you do them, David. I, I'm not gifted like you are. I, God couldn't use me down in the kingdom. I, I don't have any natural gifts. I, I don't have anything that I could do. Then he said, my appetite just ain't what it used to be. He said, I can't taste. He said, I'm sure that It'd be nice to sit down at a big old long banqueting table with you, David. But I couldn't taste that food anyway. Marzilla, what happened to him? And then he said, you know, really, David, he said, I I really have no abilities. And he said, I can't hear the singing of men and the singing of women. It's just not in me like it used to be, David. I I just can't go. And here's what he said. He said, it's just too far. He said, I'll just go a little ways. It's just too much, too much. I, I just can't do it. It's too far. I'll go a little ways. Now I want to make you think right here. Are you with me? Give me 10 more minutes of your imagination. Somewhere in heaven, in eternity past, God keeps bringing me back to this. I don't know if you've noticed it. I've mentioned it in like 10 different messages. In eternity past, there was a determinate council. 
I would love, I would love to know exactly how that happened. I know from the Bible that it happened, but I would love to have set in on it when God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost sat down and called to order a council and decided how the world was going to run. And God the Father said, let us make man in our own image. God the Holy Spirit, he said, you know, if we make a creation plan, we're going to have to come up with a redemption plan. And God the Son said, that's where I come in. He said, I'll go. But now supposing Jesus had only agreed to go a little ways. What if he said, I'll go to the womb of a virgin? I'll be born in Bethlehem. And when the angels come to announce my birth, that's as far as I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to heaven. They'll have known that God cared and that God was alive. And maybe, maybe I can go as far as the Mount of Transfiguration. Maybe I'll go as far as the Garden of Gethsemane. But I'm glad when he was uh, there in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says he went a little farther. Uh, you see, he didn't stop. Uh, what I'm trying to say uh, is the Lord didn't just go a little ways for you. Uh, why would you make excuses to only go a little way? God wants some people who are willing to go all the way. He said it's too much. He said it's too far. I'm closing right here. He said it's too late. Look what he said in verse 37. Let thy servant, I pray thee, turn back again that I may die in mine own city. Now, how in the world did he know that he's going to die? He didn't know that. But he said, it's too late for me. He said, I, I know you'd like for me to go and establish the kingdom. And you'd like for me to go a little farther. And I knew how to live and I knew how to give, but now I'm tired. Now I just don't feel like it anymore. I, I don't think I can go anymore. I'm wore out, David. I, I don't think I can go. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. You've went and you've went and you've went. But you're just tired. You're just wore out. I know this is a carnal example, but I think about that, that big old black fella in the Green Mile. He said, I'm tired, boss. That's how a lot of you feel. I'm tired. I'm tired of having to carry the water for the whole Sunday school class. I'm tired. I'm tired of being the spiritual one in my home. Nobody else cares. I'm tired. I'm wore out with it. That's what Barzilla said. He said, just let me go back and die. Yeah, I'm wore out. I don't feel like I can do it. Here's what he said. He said, I got this fella. He's a younger guy. His name's Chim Ham. Come here, Chim Ham. He told David, he said, I got this fellow named Chim Ham. Let him go. It's too late for me. And just like that, Chim Ham 
got Barcelos. Because he quit. It's because he quit. He got tired and he quit. Now I'll show you something real quick. I'll show you something real quick. Chimham, David says, shall go over with me. Chimham shall be in my kingdom. Now I'll tell you something interesting. Y'all with me? Everybody with me? I'll tell you something interesting right here. Chimham's name is not mentioned again until the book of Jeremiah. 400 years later. Spoiler alert, Chimham did not live to be 400 years old. But his name is not mentioned again until the book of Jeremiah. Sit down, Chimham. I'm going to show them what happened to you. David says, Chimham shall come over with me. He brings Chimham over. He brings Chimham over Jordan. Chimham has no inheritance as far as we know. But in Jeremiah chapter number 41 and verse 17, they've taken Jeremiah captive. The Babylonians are fleeing. They're getting out of Judea. Look what the Bible said. And they departed and dwelt in the habitation of Chimham, which is by Bethlehem, to go to enter into Egypt. Let me show you something real quick. I'm going to be done. Who was from Bethlehem? We've spent four weeks on it. Do you remember one of the men that was from Bethlehem? David. Apparently, David gave Chimham some land in Bethlehem. Oh, you had to know I was going to introduce you to one more man from Bethlehem. Apparently, uh, this is all inference, but apparently David must have given Chimham some land in Bethlehem. You know what Chimham did with it? He built a habitation. Now, I'll tell you what might be interesting to you, that word habitation. Look it up. Run the Strong's on it. You know what another common name for that word is in your Bible? In. Chimham's in. In Bethlehem. Some of, y'all, some of y'all getting it. I mean, we ain't too far removed from Christmas here. Chimham's habitation, or you could say Chimham's inn. Four, it, must have been a real, it must have been a real habitation. 400 years later in the book of Jeremiah, it's still there. Chimham's name lives on. It's Chimham's inn. Now, can I prove to you what I'm about to say? No, but you can't prove me wrong. I believe it's very possible, very possible. Bethlehem's a small place. They weren't a bunch of inns. It didn't say there was no room for them in the inns. said there's no room for them in the inn. The inference is there was only one inn in all of Bethlehem. And an inn, now get this, an inn in Bible days, not like what we think about. It wasn't a motel. It wasn't like, you know, a building with rooms. It was like a, a carved out place in a rock cave where there was uh, different kind of uh, patios with a little, a little cloth over the top to shade you from the sunlight. And around from those inns were carved out places that they used as stables. That's where the Lord was born. 
<laughs> what are you saying, preacher? I'm just, I'm just saying it's just barely possible. I would even go as far as to say it's quite plausible that this could have been Barzillai's in. Now, I want you to think about it, and I'm going to be done. Can you imagine? Oh, Barzillai made it to heaven. I believe that with all my heart. He's a great guy. He did a great work for David. He was blessed. His family was blessed because he knew how to give. His family was blessed. But I see him, Brother Neil, when it come time for God to send his son. <laughs> he said, I'll tell you where my son's going to be born at. Down there in Chimham's Inn. That man that went all the way. The one that came completely over. He's going to get the eternal blessing of having my son born in his habitation, in his inn. Barzillai could have had it, but he used them old gray hairs and that old aching back and the fact he's wore out and tired and didn't feel like he could go and the fact that he couldn't do anything good. Now I'm preaching to somebody and the fact that he didn't have any appetite for it and the fact that his aptitude wasn't much. He used all them excuses not to go all the way over. He said, I'll just go a little ways. And because he went a little ways, he got robbed of that future blessing. I'm going to ask you a question. What future blessing are you going to allow to slip through your fingers because you won't go all the way? You know what I think this morning? I think there ought to be some older folks that would say, Lord, if you'll use a broken down person like me, here I am. There ought to be some of you that feel like failures, feel like you ain't got no talent. That's me, by the way. I have zero talent. I got zero. I mean, I, have no, I always tell people I got zero marketable skills. I don't do no carpentry. I ain't good at no mechanic work. I, all I got is the gift of gab. That's all I got, the gift of gab. Other than that, zero marketable skills. You say, I'm a big nothing. I, I can't do anything. Bop, bop, bop. But there's still a danger of not going all the way. You know what Barzillai should have said, Neil? He should have said, David, I'm old. You know that. I ain't got no skills to pay the bills. I ain't good at much. I feel like a failure. I can't hear I can't see, I can't taste. But bless goodness, when the king's supper gets served, you'll find me right yonder at the table. Get me a place down there in your kingdom, Dave. Here I come. I, I want to be a part. I, boy, think about He could have heard all them stories of David, all them accolades of David. I, he could have come home and said, boy, you should have seen what David done today. Boy, it's amazing. Matter of fact, I think he's going to write one of them psalms about it. I, it was great what happened today. But no, he missed out on all that. Because he said, I got too many problems. I'm too tired. I'm too old. I'm too unable. I can't. And he refused to go all the way. Stand our feet. Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, God, for us to preach this morning. Lord, your sweet Holy Spirit has been real around this place today. God, I pray that you'd help some folks find their way to an altar this morning and give you their lives, all of it, from start to finish. 
Lord, I pray that today would inspire some of our senior folks to get in there and go a little farther. Some of our younger folks to aspire to do something great. Some of our middle-aged folks that are tired to just stay in the battle. We don't lose our, that we don't lose, that we don't lose our reward. Do that now as only you can. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Some have already moving. You said, preacher, I want to come. I want to go all the way. I want to go all the way. Oh, I'm tired, but I don't want my tiredness to rob me of a reward. I'm wore out. I'm old, but I don't want that to rob me of my reward. I feel like I can't do nothing. I feel like I don't have anything to offer. But I don't want that to rob me of my reward. These are coming. How about others? Preacher, I want to go all the way. I want the Lord to know he's got me from beginning to end, start to finish, as long as I draw breath as long as I have any ability to live. I want him to know that he's got all of me. As God deals with hearts, some other folks are coming. Preacher, I want to come. I want to come. As long as those folks are coming, we're going to keep the altar open. Preacher, I want to come. I want the Lord to know that I may not be much, but he can have all I got. I may not be much, but he can have all I got. Well, Barzell, I knew how to live and he knew how to give, but he couldn't be convinced to go. All the days of my life, Lord, I ought to serve you. I ought to serve you. I ain't putting no pressure on you. If you need to come, you come. If you don't need to come, don't come. Preacher, today, I'm going to tell the Lord that he's got all of me. Start to finish, beginning to end.